music begin Let the music begin And I sit there with dry eyes and cold hands Judging and standing apart Welcome to Broadway Radio. This is James Marino. Today is December 25th, and we're going to run a phone conversation that I had with Jason Rubber Brown, a multi-Tony Award winner who is best known for his shows Parade, Songs for a New World, The Last Five Years, The Bridges of Madison County, and more. Our conversation was recorded on October 15th, so there may be some references to events which have already passed. Jason's new album, How We React and How We Recover, is available on Ghostlight Records label and is available everywhere. We will have links to the Ghostlight Records and Jason's websites in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Jason, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Each song is a little story similar to Songs for a New World. So how did How We React and How We Recover come about? Well, I, you know, I think it, it actually, uh, it's a very natural uh, follow-up to Wearing Someone Else's Clothes, which is the album that uh, we made in 2005. Um, and I think the original idea was, after we made that album, my plan was I'll just put one out every year, every couple of years or something like that. And then it took 13 years to actually get it out. Um, you know, and in between I did write, you know, three Broadway shows. So that is sort of uh, what held me up a little bit, but, um, uh, I never thought it was going to take me this long. I, there is a part of me that wants to express myself as a singer songwriter person separate from the guy who's always writing for character. And so this is in line with that part of me, but uh, I recognize that uh, it does sort of come uh, out of the blue in the midst of the other work that I guess I'm more known for. I come to sing a song about hope In spite of everything ridiculous and sad Though I'm beyond belief, depressed, confused and mad the first song on how we react and how we recover is called Hope, which you wrote November 9th, 2016, which is the morning after Donald Trump was elected. So here we are two years later, and I have to ask, was your song Hope in reference to the former President Obama? It wasn't per se in reference to President Obama. It really was just a general question of what do we do now that we know what's coming? You know, we... Uh, the, 
the last two years have not been a surprise to me. I mean, they've been no. unremittingly horrible, but I don't think I've been surprised by them. Uh, and so when we woke up that morning with this terrible piece of information having presented itself, the question in mind was, what am I supposed to tell my kids about how we get through the next two years or next four years or God forbid next eight years? What, you know, what is it we're supposed to say? And, uh, and beyond that, what am I supposed to tell myself? Um, and so I, I thought, I don't necessarily believe it, but we have to have hope. There has to be a thing that a, a sort of weak, tiny, perhaps even fraudulent hope, but it's, it's the least we can do. Um, and so that's what the song is, is it's a weak, tiny, and perhaps fraudulent hope, but it is the best that I could come up with. And, uh, you know, I sing it at all of my concerts and I sort of always hope that I could stop doing it. But, you know, every week there's some new reason to, to gin it back up again and say, all right, we got to, we got to keep it together uh, and hold on to some thin thread of, uh, you know, of faith that this is all going to turn out okay. One year is easy, five years, whatever. Ten years or twelve, now you're starting to learn. It's climbing and driving, giving up something. Praying you like what you got in return And what is this city? And who are these people? And how did we get here? And did we go wrong? Well, keep holding hands, kids You grew something 50 years along Another song on the new album is 50 Years Long about marriage. Tell us about this song. Well, 50 Years Long um, was actually, there's a theater company in uh, Birmingham, Alabama called the Red Mountain Theater Company, and I'd worked with them a bunch of times, and they had, uh, they had actually been associate producers on Bridges in Madison County. So they came to me and they said, well, we're doing our, you know, our fundraiser and we want to auction off an original Jason Robert Brown song, would you do that? And I was like, that's a terrible idea because I, you know, I'm not good at like writing on demand. You know, I'm very slow. And But they had, you know, they've been very supportive. And so I said, well, I'll, yeah, sure. And I thought, you know, I'd write something on a napkin. But uh, instead, uh, the woman who won, she wanted to commission this song for me to commemorate her 50th wedding anniversary. And uh, I was very moved by that and also sort of, struck by what it would take to get through 50 years and she talked about how she had survived breast cancer and how they had moved all the way you know down to Alabama from Pennsylvania and you know how they had built this whole life together and what it takes to survive 50 years and it became a much less casual song for me the longer I went into writing it Uh, it became very important to honor this commitment that these two people made to each other and also, what the community had all gathered behind them to create, you know, I don't think anyone can be married for 50 years without everyone around them being part of that. Uh, and so it's a song that's not just about the two of them, but also about, uh, you know, everyone around them who enabled it to survive that long. And 
I think it has, in that sense, a lot in common with Caravan of Angels, which I wrote uh, for Georgia uh, at our 10th uh, anniversary of being together. Rolled with me, stay as the days go past. Grow old with me, some things are meant to last. If you'll agree, heaven might wait. We could delay our expiration date. Grow old with me. Speaking of marriage songs, on someone else's clothes... Your previous uh, CD, you had a song, Grow Old With Me. When did you write that? Grow Old With Me actually was, uh, had nothing to do with, uh, with me personally. It was actually, there was a play called Kimberly Akimbo, uh, uh-huh. which yeah. was a David Lindsay Bear play. And um, so that, I wrote that song because it said at the end of the play, the, the two main characters start dancing to a Frank Sinatra-style song. So I wrote Grow Old With Me for that. And I just loved it, and I thought, oh, you know, I want to keep yeah. this song going. I think this could be my wedding standard. So I wrote, I, I wrote <laughs> it, and we made sure to to do a nice big, you know, uh, uh, Billy May style arrangement on the album. And uh, so that's that's what that song is. But I realize it does sort of seem to to complete a trilogy of, uh, yeah. of songs about marriage, <laughs> though it was it was not originally intended that way. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize it. It, it sounded like something you wrote for Georgia. It, <laughs> uh, no, in fact, I think it predated Georgia. But huh. uh, yeah, I, we'll we'll keep that between you and me. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna sing a song about your gun? Who's gonna tell the world that you feel grounded and connected when you wrap your hands around your Remington? Who's going to sing a song about your gun? All those people at the rodeos and ranges Putting freedom first and nothing else above Surely one of them could play a couple changes And then write a verse in praise of what you love Someone's got to think it would be fun to sing a little song in October 2018, gun. you raised money for the Brady Center to prevent gun violence, an issue you have supported for a number of years. And on your new album is a song called A Song About Your Gun. This is an issue that seems to be very important to you. Uh, I, I, you know, Sandy Hook, uh, when it happened uh, in Newtown, uh, it broke me. I, You know, my kids were the same age as those kids. Yeah. And... Um, and I, it was, it was, it was honestly too much, uh, in, in a situation that had been progressively ridiculous over the years, it had now gone to something that I thought, well, surely now we can all agree that something has to be done about the, the, the proliferation of guns in this country. And in fact, nothing happened an actual nothing. Uh, and it was so painful and so exhausting but i you know there wasn't much i could do at the time other than mourn those those poor children uh and the the women who worked at that school and uh a couple of years later i was back in los angeles doing the tour of bridges in madison county and there was another shooting uh in riverside not far from uh, from where i was and it wasn't school kids it was just uh, at an office party i mean it was just horrible uh and i 
I thought, I have to say something. Nobody cares what I have to say about it, but I, I hate feeling like I'm silent on the issue. If I have a voice at all, then I'm supposed to use it to say something about this. And so I started writing a song about your gun, and it took me a while to write it. It was a very scary thing to sort of uh, sink into uh, the anger that, that drives that song. Uh, but once I finished it, I really thought, yes, this is, this is in fact the thing I wanted to say. Uh, and we recorded it when I did it for the first time at Subculture. And just at the end of it, uh, Mark Kaplan, who's the, the producer over at Subculture with me, he said, well, what should we put, you know, at the end? And I said, why don't we just tag like the Brady campaign and you can, you can donate to the Brady campaign. And so we just put that at the end. And, uh, and that got me started thinking about the Brady center and the work that they do. And I did a lot of research on them and I, I found that I really, I, I supported the work they were doing specifically. And I liked the way they were approaching it and the history they have and the success that they've had. And so I thought, you know what, I, I'm all in with the, the Brady people. And, um, later that year, uh, when Cynthia Erivo and Joshua Henry and I decided we were going to do the last five years, it was the easiest thing in the world to just say, you know what, let's do this as a benefit for Brady. And so we raised $200,000 from that event alone. Hmm. And uh, that was the first sort of activism that I really had taken part in, you know, been really a visible voice uh, about and uh, I thought, no, this this feels like I'm doing something. That you know, gathering all these people together to raise two hundred thousand dollars is not a small issue. It's not a small contribution. It feels like I was able to make something real happen. And so we've uh, we've been continuing down that road now for uh, for two years. Georgia and I have been very ardent and active fundraisers for Brady and uh, we have another big event coming up on December 17th but I can't tell you too much about it yet. <laughs> but maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh Town Hall on Monday October 22nd. You have uh Broadway Fights Back with a March for Our Lives. Yes, and that you know uh Kate Wariski uh is the director for that uh evening and she was the director for the revival we did of Songs for a New World this summer. So Kate uh, said to me, listen, you know, we've got a lot of the the kids, the Parkland kids are going to be uh, at this event on uh, on the 22nd, and would you come? They've asked if you would come and, and do it, and I said, of course I will. I'm uh, overjoyed to come and, and share that night with them. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, Monday night. We'll all be at Town Hall uh, making a ruckus. Among the many things that you do is that you, the artist in residence at Subculture. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know... Uh, we're doing a concert on October 20th, which is, I believe, the 42nd concert, which is uh, Ty Taylor and um, Sierra Bogus. And, uh, you know, it's been, uh, I mean, now it's been almost four years uh, of doing these concerts. And they are, you know, they're just so important to me. And they've been such a wonderful outlet and a wonderful spur for me to, to keep writing and a place for me to expose the new work and for me to collaborate with artists I wouldn't get to work with otherwise. Uh, and that's my dog. And um, 
it's been uh, it's been a real blessing and i just i love the club i love the audiences that come uh i love that you know every month i know i'm going to be there and i'm going to do new material and i'm going to work with new material and new people and my band who i love and it's just been uh, it's been pretty sensational uh you know for uh, like i said almost 4 years uh and so that i wouldn't give that up for anything it's uh, it's absolutely one of the highlights of my of my month every month and so october 20th and then we've got another one november 5th and then like i said december 17th but that one will be at town hall you mentioned that you don't consider yourself an activist but i think that others would consider you one with all the things that you have done for good causes well i mean i don't i don't think i had a lot of faith in my ability to rally people around any particular cause um and i have i would say i have uh a reticence towards, you know, uh, taking unequivocal stands about anything. I, you know, it is either my blessing or my curse that I just sort of, you know, I want to see both sides of an issue and I want to understand them in a certain way. And when it came to guns, I thought, there's no, there's no other valid side to this argument. Um, and you know, there are uh, now certainly uh, other issues that have come up in our public life where I think I, I don't have to feel weird about unequivocally taking a side on this. The other side is ludicrous. So, uh, so I think up until uh, the the Sandy Hook stuff, I was willing to, I, you know, let other people do the talking. Uh, but it was time for me to do the talking. Take that route where the pavement runs out. There's the door to the truck I was driving. Past that hill, there's another truck filled with the guys who are stuck with surviving. Take that turn, you can see it still burn. You could choke from the smoke and the wind. I'm flying over. I'm flying over, over, and over. Back in 2005. You put out the song Over on Someone Else's Clothes, your previous album. That could be considered a political statement about the U.S. involvement in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Do you think it is or isn't? Well, I mean, I, I think it's political without taking any particular sides. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, Over is about a soldier who's, you know, been killed at war. Uh, and uh, I don't think anybody particularly wants, you know, soldiers killed but that is the reality of the way that you know warfare currently works and has for you know millennia so uh you know i mean it, it's uh, i think i actually have more stridently political work even than that i think parade in and of itself sure. is a deeply mm-hmm. political show but it's not the same as taking on a specific issue and uh, you know jumping yeah. at it i see what you're saying so uh, you have your catalog of shows that you've written last five years, seems to play everywhere around the world. Parade is playing everywhere. Uh, Bridges of Madison County we can see here and there. Uh, what What is next for you? Is there anything you could tell us about things you're working on and uh, things you're focusing on these days? Well, I think the most uh, the most exciting things on the hopper, you know, I'm, I'm – I have had this album sort of waiting to be birthed for a while, so I'm thrilled that that's out there and that people can hear that. Um, and I think other than that, 
I, you know, I'm working with uh, the playwright Jonathan Mark Sherman uh, and Daisy Prince, who directed the last five years in Songs for New World, uh, and we're, we're working on a piece called The Connector, which uh, we've been working on for a couple of years, and it, we did it uh, this past summer up at New York Stage and Film, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also going to do it, uh, a workshop at the McCarter uh, in December. So I'm I'm thrilled about that piece. It's very uh, very dangerous and weird, and uh, I you know just it's sort of very exciting. Um, and uh, that's one really crazy piece. And then I'm also uh, working with Billy Crystal and Amanda Green on a musical version of uh, Mr. Saturday Night, which was uh, Billy's movie that he yeah. made in the '90s. Um, and that's been really just so exciting to work with, you know, them, these enormous comedic talents. Uh, that's been just sensational. Uh, and I have, you know, uh, two other uh, really crazy, weird pieces that I'm working on, but I don't think I'm allowed to tell you anything about them. All right. So I will not. <laughs> and, you know, we have the uh, the cast album of Songs for New World uh, hopefully comes out in December. So that will be uh, one more uh, exciting thing to uh, to look forward to. I want to thank Jason for spending some time with us. His new album, How We React and How We Recover, can be found on the Ghostlight Records label. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well as to Jason's website. And also uh, note that Songs for New World, the uh, City Center Encore's uh, production, is being released as well this month. Thanks so much for listening to Broadway Radio, and we'll talk to you soon. Wait, there's a flicker across the screen Coming soon Coming now Just across the road Just behind the wall Just around the corner A new bit of history there Write something you all might underestimate But wait till you see what's next Just beyond the hill, just along the river Or perched on the edge of the great abyss What you can't dismiss or anticipate